Hi guys and welcome back to the Pints and Pundits podcast episode 13. Uh, I'm joined as usual by producer Pav and today we're going to be looking at uh, whether Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to survive the full season as manager of Manchester United. Uh, we're going to be looking at if the Europa League could save our season uh, to get us into that Champions League for the following season. Uh, and we're also going to be uh, focusing a little bit on club over country and getting your thoughts on all of the things I've mentioned as well as taking the viewers questions. Uh, so jump into the um, comment section and we will be coming uh, into that part of the uh, uh, you know the, the debate as the show does go on. Uh, also, a big shout out to the partners Duck and Cover. You can see Pav has got one of their new jackets on uh, from the Project Range and a t-shirt. I've got one of their hoodies on. Uh, the uh, link is in the description of this video. So go and check out uh, their fantastic Project Range on their website. Uh, before jumping into today's, I suppose it's got to be a quick cheers uh, with Pav. We are on the waters uh, with our busy schedule. We've been having to do these podcasts uh, quite early on in the day, um, but you know, believe me we will be getting the pints back out when we uh, do it at a reasonable winning, time and, and, we when we and we start winning, winning. Uh, but look Pav let's jump straight into yeah, it then man. I suppose uh, first part of the show mm-hmm. we want to discuss um, will Solskjaer survive the season uh, many pundits are tipping Solskjaer to potentially be sacked this season he's a second favourite now uh, we saw Watford changing their managerial mm. status with uh, Javi Garcia being sacked and Steve Bruce is the current favourite mm. with Solskjaer's second favourite is it pressure on for Ollie? Yeah, I mean, it's quite a, quite a big decision by Watford there. And I think I saw a tweet um, yeah, a couple of days ago showing uh, Garcia's record compared to Ollie's in the last 12 games. I think Ollie's is worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if, if if we do go on a bad run of games and, you know, let's say we come out of September, the worst of it, we've got five big games ahead. I don't know, Peaky, what do you recommend? Do you, do you think there's going to be pressure building up on him or do you think the board are just going to say, listen, you've got, you got the season to do what you need to do? You know what, I think the pressure that does build up on him, I think it's going to be coming from the fan base personally. Mm. I think, you know, we are a bit impatient. Um, people might jump into the comment section and just say it's not impatience now, it is relegation form that he's been showing mm. as manager for the last 15 games when he takes sort of last season's games into account as well. I think the board will be patient with Oli. I think they've said to him, Look, this season is yours, whether we do finish mid-table, whatever. I think they're remained, remaining to be patient with it. I think they're brought into what his mm. vision is of getting a young squad back together. You know, he's working on a squad that was put together by three previous managers. He's, he's clearly slowly mm. clearing the plays he doesn't want, bringing in his own. I think the, the board are going to remain patient with him. Mm. It's just about the fans um, being patient with him. What, what, what are your kind of thoughts? Because we've seen a lot of fans also talking about his technical, tactical, tactical sorry, yeah. um, kind of uh, prowess, if you like. What, what are your thoughts on it? I think his kind of future at United, um, I think it's going to depend on very much so on pitch performances, whether it's a win or loss, just in terms of how the, how the kind of team are gelling together. Yeah. So obviously with Jose, you know, the form, you know, it was getting bad, but the performances were just as bad. Whereas with Oli, I think even if we do go on a run of draws and maybe a couple of losses in there, I reckon we'll still see a bit of fight from the players, which which he'll put into them and instill instill into his identity. Um, but like you said, man, if if United, let's say, come January, February time, we're sitting eighth and you know we're maybe knocked out of a couple of the cups and it's just not really gone our way so far, then I think I think the board will think about it whether they actually make the cutthroat decision. That's that's another question. But I wouldn't say he's got. A so-called free pass this season. He's still got to deliver. He's still got to, you know, get us back into contention of top. Four. There's still got to be some level of kind yeah. of expectation, right, from the board. Um, you know, like you said, it can't just be free reign of right. Just get on out, see how you get on for the first. Mm. You know, there's got to be, like you said, we've got to be finishing minimum top top six. You think the board would be Ab- saying? Yeah, to absolutely. Him. And but and looking at the way we started these first four games and coming off the back of last season, 
top six could be a struggle. Do, do you think he worries looking at the kind of depth of his squad or the state of his squad? I know he's quite positive in his press conferences and he says, you know, we've got some good youth players who are ready to step up and whatever else. But in all seriousness, do you think he must look at that squad and think I'm a bit thin on the ground here without any real experience, especially when mm. we've seen players like Martial get injured four games in and Rashford having to play up front? I think, look, he he, he probably knew that before the window ended. He knew, yeah. he knew like, look, oh, I'm not got the back in here from Ed to go and get the players, all the players I want. He's still got, he's still got money spent on and we've got we've got three you know fairly strong signings in and all playing well, but uh, like I said, we're, we're a few players short, and, he, and he's going to know that as well. But I think he's going to probably be reliant <clears throat> on his defence keeping him in games, and you know if we do nick a one or two goals, you know in a game, he's going to be relying on the likes of Maguire and Lindelof and then the rest of that back four to, to keep hold of it, where where the other areas of the squad might not be flourishing as much as he wants you know when Ollie took the job um, I was for one who also said and I still do back him look, and I'll go into that a little bit later on but as a fan base um, it was kind of a few few people were saying look it's a bit of a tricky situation here because mm. he's, he's remembered as a club legend um, you know and what he did as a player for the football club he's now the manager our, look he got us through that kind of um, first sort of couple of months when he came in and we were absolutely flying and everyone mm. was like and there were still fans then who were saying, look, they shouldn't have given him the contract. They should have waited till the end mm. of the season. Emotions were talking, man. What do you think? Because, uh, look, I don't ever think he'll get us relegated, by the way. But like similar to how Newcastle, they had club legend in Alan Shearer, mm. put him in charge for the last eight games of their season. He got relegated with him. And I'm not by all means saying Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to relegate Man United. But, you know, is that, tarn that tarnished Alan Shearer's kind of um, name, if you like, as a club legend... With Ollie, surely we don't want to see him, you know, be potentially being sacked as manager of Manchester mm. United for having such a bad season. Um, do you think it would ever get to that? I, I think you know, if it, if it did end up in you know, the worst way possible, and he and he did get the sack, I don't think his reputation would be tarnished simply because United fans will have seen the, the previous managers that have come and gone since Fergie, and they'll know like it's, it's not an easy job. I suppose taking the positives out of it, look, if if he did. Um, or he didn't last a full season, um, you know, this season, and he, and he was kind of sacked as manager and someone came in. One thing he has done is he has taken that step in getting rid of players we don't need. Um, mm. So he has, you know, he is working in a progress and he is obviously doing yeah. some good and things. And he's, he's definitely going to bring a little bit what LVG done. He's going to bring some youth through. Yeah. Um, so we are going to see, you know, Greenwood and, you know, Chong and Gomez hopefully feature throughout the season and bring something through, which, you know, maybe Jose Mourinho didn't, didn't really do. Um, to look at it as a whole kind of topic, is he going to survive the season? I believe he will. I think he will definitely get to the end of the season. It just, I think there are going to be some shaky periods in there where fans might be a little bit uneasy on him, and there is going to be pressure as to you know if this game, this next game doesn't go his way, people are going to start talking. Look, we're only in September, four games in. This is going to be a very, very big month in, uh, I think, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's managerial career in terms of there's a lot of games coming. Uh, we need to kind of win a few. We need to hit a bit of a run of form. Mm. Um, and look, football is a massive game that's built on confidence. I, I do believe if we can get a few games together, um, you know, back-to-back -back wins, that sort of thing, I think it will see the the, mm -hmm. the sort of um, squad in the first 11, if you like, really get that confidence back into the team. And I think that's what we need, um, I suppose, as well. Um, looking at the kind of next segment of today's show it's about the Europa League and could mm. this save our season you kind of at the start of the season you thought we might potentially break into that top four spot that fourth spot <laughs> you thought it might, and and, and yeah. it was quite a fair observation I'd say because of the state of Chelsea not being able to sign yeah. anyone and Arsenal, Arsenal always yeah. floating around you want to review it or yeah, I mean I think it's a long shot now uh, just judging by the first four games you can see where we're gonna where the holes are and you can see those holes slowly getting bigger and bigger throughout the season yeah so 
I, I don't see top four happening. I, th- I think it's going to be a battle for top six, um, fifth and sixth space. Maybe who knows? It could get as bad as seventh or eighth. You don't, you don't know. Um, this is where I think Europa League is going to come into come into play here. Because if you remember the sixteen seventeen season, Peaky, it's one we do remember. Yeah. I do remember that whole cup run and getting to the final and winning. And you know, after years of just trying to get back to the heights of glory that Fergie gave us, to yeah. actually have a night where we were, you know, we call ourselves champions of Europe, not yeah. full Europe, but we still, you know, still a fairly you know major trophy in the landscape of football. It was a good night, and I won't mind a similar night to that again. That's the thing, I suppose. Look, we're not we're way off going and winning a, a league title. Uh, it's going to take many years, in my opinion. So getting to a cup final of any kind of sort mm. is something that United fans would welcome, purely because we've not experienced them nights for sort of you know quite a period of time now, mm. apart from the odd Europa League final or. or um, you know, League Cup final as well um, with with Jose, if I'm if I'm not wrong. But you know, so I think Europa League as well. Is it vital that we do win it this season to get into Champions League football next year to attract you know some of the younger, hmm. bigger stars? If you like, like your Sancho's and, Abs- yeah, and Co. Absolutely. I mean, if we if we got nailed on Champions League for next season, then you can go to a Jaden Sancho who who was keen on joining us, but it was the early factor of playing Champions League football which kind of killed that deal. You can instantly say, look, we're still in project building phase. Uh, we've got Champions League. We're investing in these other areas as well during the project. And I'm sure he would say, you know, he'd be up for it. And also the financial benefits that come with it. You know, it's slowly trickling down, you know, um, you know, the lists of you know most valuable or best clubs in the world sort of thing. So as long as we're back playing with the big boys, um, then that can only help us. Do you think, um, just before actually I go into the next uh, sort of question, if you guys have got any of your comments as well on the Europa League uh, and whether it could save our season in terms of getting into Champions League football for next season, give us your thoughts on them because we will be coming to the comment section a little later on in today's podcast. Um, But another thing I wanted to ask is, um, in terms of the Europa League, if, say for example, you know, we didn't get into Europa League football or Champions League football next season, uh, could we finish sort of outside the tops, uh, say eighth or ninth we finish this season, mm. um, don't win the Europa League this year? Do you think the owners will be looking at the state of the club and thinking, OK, maybe now is time to get out? Or do you think as as a commercial entity, Manchester United will always, you know, pay them a good dividend? The brand is strong mm. enough to always turn money over. Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely the latter there. The, the brand's big enough. If it was a couple seasons or a few seasons on the bounce where we, was in, we were in no European football at all, then I think yeah, owners might be thinking about it. But um, I, I just want to ask you as well, Peaky, in terms of, you know, the, a cup run where we can go to the final and win it as a team, what do you think that could instill into Ollie's squad where we've got a lot of youngsters in there now? It could really put a sense of belief into the team which would hopefully set up a good run for the following season. Yeah, definitely. And I think like whatever cup competition it is, the more you progress in them games, the more the games get a bit more uh, tense, if you like. The atmosphere is probably a bit bit, bit raised um, and it's a bit more pressure. So I think whatever cup competition it is, and if it is Europa League and we do progress to the latter stages, one thing it will also do for these young players, it will you know, give them that experience of being involved in, in a bigger game, if you like. It's not your regular Premier League game or a mm. small EFL Cup trophy game. You know, going away in Europe and, and some of these stadiums as well of, of teams who play in the Europa League are quite hostile atmospheres. You know, um, you get quite a warm welcome, if you like, from mm. the opposition fans. So if anything, for these young players, it will mould them a bit more, give them a bit more of exposure and experience into, um, you know, bigger cup mm-hmm. competition games. So it can only be a good thing for sure, definitely, especially the likes of Mason Greenwood, Chong, Gomez, yep. even people like Scott McTominay, who, are, you know, he's getting, you know, quite a few minutes under his belt now. He's, mm-hmm. he, he picks himself, in my opinion, for that um, starting 11 spot for United. Yeah. 
So if even players like him, it kind of does the world a good. Dan James as well, stepping up from the championship. It'll be good experience for them for sure, mate. Definitely. Cool. It's going to roll through some of the comments here. Then we'll uh, we'll move on with the pod. So uh, we've got yeah. Charlie here saying that the board did not support Ollie with the summer signings he wanted. Uh, so it'd be disgraceful for them to end his contract. Agreed. Agreed. I think there was definitely uh, players in that kind of say transfer window period where Oli would have liked to have gone to sign them whether it was a Bruno Fernandez or whether it was Dybala who knows but I'm sure there was players in there with experience who Oli would have wanted to sign mm-hmm. younger players um, but for some reason wasn't backed by the board um, and like like I've said we're going to have to struggle on now till January and see if anyone is brought in mm-hmm. got ability saying fans wanted the Deadwood out and Oli has done that he needs time to build his own team back and the manager and the process got Purple Patrick uh, also following up with that saying uh, Oli is slowly clearing the Deadwood um Charlie here is saying, also, if they hire a new boss, they're going to have to spend more money and they hate doing that. I, I, I can't see what we will achieve by jumping ship and getting a new boss in now. Um, I said it, the team that Jose finished with, I don't believe any manager in world football could have come in and done anything with that team. Mm. And look, we're seeing like the guys, like you guys have just been commenting, we're seeing Oli filter out the teams that we were uh, filtering out players that we were all crying out to be filtered out. He's doing that now. He's not going to be able to bring six or seven players in overnight and get rid of the ones he has. It's going to be a process. It's going to take a January transfer window, next summer transfer window. It's a slow process. I think United fans need to just lower that level of expectation mm. as well. I think that's the issue. Like We keep thinking a new manager is going to come in and all of a sudden we're going to be challenging top four or top two and, and, and cup finals or whatever. I think we've just got to lower that level of expectation. Um, it's not got any worse than it is at the minute. Yes, the run of form at the moment is not great. But if you look at the overall bigger picture... Ollie's looking to inject a, a, a style of play back in and a bit of a um, a bit of kind of you know a, a bit of a uniform thing from top to bottom of how everything's going to be run mm-hmm. in the football club. Definitely, a couple more comments here. You've got Spliff Politics. Uh, he's going in with. Uh, <coughs> I'll give Ollie until next season, uh, providing he makes good on his promises of bringing in young, hungry talents, and there's clear signs of progression as he improves on his tactical decisions. He then says. Um, we don't even have the desire or the quality to beat far less inferior English teams. So we don't have a chance in hell of winning the Europa League, especially with Oli's tactical limitations. I can't really knock what you've yeah. said there, to be honest. Mate. I think that's. I think you've hit a couple of the nails on the head. Mm. One thing that me and Pav have been frustrated with, and I'm sure many United fans have, and we've discussed a lot, is the likes of Crystal Palace at Old Trafford, Southampton away. Their teams, United, should be put into the sword. Mm. Um, and, you know... I really thought against Southampton when they went down to 10 men, he would have chucked Greenwood on there and then 20 minutes to go just to kind of give that um, that kind of uh, put put it on Southampton, basically, yeah. that we're going to come and have a go. I haven't really seen that happen. So I think he needs to polish up on his kind of tactical awareness, if you like, a lot quicker mm-hmm. in games. Um, but I think um, I agree with you in the sense that next season, maybe we can start to judge Ollie yeah, once he's definitely. had two more windows to bring in maybe three or four players. Then we can start judging him. Mm-hmm. Agreed with that. Definitely. Cool. Last comment before we roll back into the uh, the topics. So uh, King Frank has said, Ollie once said he will succeed and uh, success cannot come in only one season, but he will succeed wherever it takes and that he promised. So uh, King Frank's a bit optimistic there. A bit optimistic. Um, look, we all want to see Ollie succeed. Mm. Um, I think the biggest thing as fans, we just want to see them tactics getting brushed up a little bit. Um, a lot of people, but that will come maybe with time. I don't know. A lot of people who I've spoke to as well have said his backroom staff don't help him um, mm. with Mike Feel and Carrick, um, McKenna. Does he need somebody maybe with a bit more football, European football experience who's a bit more up to speed with how things kind of are tactically and whatever? Um, who know? What do you think about that, Pavel and the backroom staff? Does that 
effect or have an impact on the kind of tactical changes Oli might make in a game or yeah I mean I think the same was said about feeling under Fergie everyone said you know the tactics and the whole kind of formation was all feeling it was more the management <clears throat> of the overall team and, and the players which was which was Fergie's end um, I've, I've seen Oli kind of you know really praise Carrick and his kind of worth it work ethic so far um, as being, being part of that role so it's definitely good understanding there but yeah it's, it's, it plays a big part to the overall success of you know on the pitch and off the pitch see one thing I think where we're being left behind a little bit with the whole kind of tactical thing is the backroom staff and I think do we need somebody like a Carlos Quiros type kind of coach who has that um, kind of European experience of how tactics run and how the, the modern game has changed a lot I think mm. especially since Mike Phelan was assistant to Sir Alex Ferguson I think the game has changed so do we need a bit of an injection of somebody who's got that experience of of kind of say that Latin American style of play or, mm. or the Spanish style of play uh, with more technically gifted players because one thing I, I find is we all try and play everything straight through the middle but we haven't got the players who are set up to play that style yeah. of football they're not tactically aware their football IQs aren't as big as say somebody like a silver of city or, or you know someone someone like that so you know do we need to kind of change the way we're playing because we haven't got the players mm. to suit you know maybe we have to get the ball wide and down the flanks as opposed to trying to play everything through the middle mm. but we'll see you know kind of how that develops um another topic and this has been kind of uh spoke about on the radio a lot this week especially on Talksport, is a club over country debate mm. with players where do you stand on this? Because it's been, it seems to be a debate that always pops up over the years when, when there's international games that come up. Yeah. Where do you think players are in today's day and age? Are they bothered about playing for their countries? Is it still, you know, does it still mean a lot to players? I think as kind of England's success rose a bit throughout the World Cup and, you know, they've got a bit more of a, <clears throat> like a standing in world football now, I think, I think players will look quite forward to it. Um, in terms of support, for, like from a fan's perspective, um, I don't really get up for it when England play. I just, I, I'll be honest. I never really used to get into England. Watch, I, I, uh, I never really support. Like, obviously, I want them to do well because you know this is the country we live in and you know brought up in. But I've just never there's, ne there's never been an affinity to you know get behind England. Obviously, during the World Cup, everyone was on it, and you know you want England to do well. But I've just never really had that passion that is I it because of the, growing up up until Gareth Southgate come in the style of football England played was a bit boring I don't even remember um, 98 World Cup when Glenn Hoddle was in charge for me that was kind of a good era because England it was quite exciting obviously unfortunately knocked out by Argentina mm. when Beckham took all that flack but apart from that there wasn't really any kind of identity to the way England played they weren't really exciting now I have got a little bit more interest in watching Gareth mm. Southgate because I think I like what he's doing with this young, youthful yeah, England yeah. side and a high press and all the rest of it. But do you think that was a factor that the football's a bit boring at times? Yeah, it may have been, but I, I don't know. I think there's just something that that kind of love you have for your club for Man United. I would, I would, I'll never get to that level with England. I just don't know what it is. It's just. I think it's probably because you've got some Liverpool players in there. Yeah, I think it is. You think, you know what? I think because when when they're playing and like I see Henderson on the ball and Trent and and you know and Milner used to be and all like all the City players as well. I just feel a bit not like I'm cheating on my club, but it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Like I don't really want to cheer these players on because I'm not hardcore United through and through, and to go and cheer on a scouser or you just can't do it. Can't, you can't physically back them. Yeah, like when jo when John Terry was in the team, it's like or Lampard, it's like. <laughs> They're not my players. You, you kind of applaud I mean. under the table quietly when yeah. a, when a scouser scores. Okay, here's one for you, Pav. Would you rather United were to win uh, the Europa League uh, or the league, or would you rather England went and won the Euros? United win. Hundred percent. So United win over any, <laughs> anything. I'd rather take the three points this Saturday against Leicester than England win the Euro. Like, just for me, like 
<laughs> I'd love to see England win the Euros or, or go far in it again because you know it does lift the country and you get you get some good you know nights out of the pub and all that stuff. But <clears throat> for me, man, like everything is united for me. Everything. Another one, and then I suppose because we we spoke a little bit about opposition players in there. Would you rather kind of United players were to go and kind of perform head and shoulders above Liverpool players and Arsenal players, or would you rather maybe they weren't even involved just so they keep themselves, especially now, fit and uninjured, mm. you know, to be a part of the squad? Yeah, I mean, like even if like England are playing against, I don't know, let's say, um, I don't know who else we've got, let's say Spain, De Gea is pulling off some worldy saves. Yeah. I'd be a bit happy. I'd be like, go on, De Gea. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just the way, I, I'm just United, man. I, I just can't divide my kind of passion to opposition teams if you know what I mean to getting into it so guys again jump into the comment section on this I'd love to hear your what about, opinions what about you man, man I'm, I'm, I'm with you to be the honest same, you know yeah. what I, the only time I really used to get into England and, and really enjoy it is I don't know why is when, when sort of Rio was playing centre back I always wanted to see him outshine say John Terry yeah yeah one thing I, I just never ever got with, with England is obviously they had Frank um, Gerard and Scholes all at the same time three millimetre field players and they would always shift Scholes out and play on the left yeah. with Beckham on the right and and that's what one it, of the it, biggest mistakes in me. Massive, like the most one of the most te- technically gifted England central midfield players. And I'm not saying this in an unbiased way at all, but for me, he was the only one out of them three who could control the tempo of a game. Gerard mm-hmm. would get himself about and he would get himself forward and all the rest of it. Lampard would late runs into the box and, and chip in with goals, but Skulls could, apart from tackling and maybe a bit of heading, he could run a game though with his feet. He could mm. run the tempo of a game, and I, I just didn't understand that. And I never understood why England didn't play, say, three at the back and five in midfield with two wing backs with Skulls, Gerrard, and Lampard all playing in the middle. I don't think anyone back then was really playing three. Playing at the back, that at but, the yeah. minute, yeah. You know, it was, and and imagine having them three in in today's sort mm. of era of football where it is all sort of free in the middle of the park type thing. But yeah, I always wanted to see obviously United players do well. Um, I did get a bit upset when Beckham obviously got sent off against. Um, against Argentina I was about nine at the time yeah I remember, I, remember I, was a bit, I was a bit emotional <laughs> it was man, quite but... gutted uh, to be fair but then um, even the whole Ronaldo Rooney, Rooney thing, thing yeah I, like it didn't really like I was thinking what's, what's I was done? thinking more about when they get back in a yeah, pre-season I was thinking, <laughs> thinking probably Ronaldo's gonna leave now man, you know what I mean but, yeah because there was a massive speculation wasn't there yeah. about Ronaldo he's off now because of all of that side of things but yeah like you said look my my affiliation was to the United players is strongest I want to see them do well the rest of them I'm not too too asked about to be mm. honest and um but I I'm going to say I do enjoy seeing Gareth Southgate, um, you know, and what he's putting together with this England team. I like the kind of way. It's exciting. Yeah. I like the way he's giving these youngsters a bit of an opportunity as well. Mm -hmm. Something that, like before you used to get that, the the kind of marquee players, if you like, who would automatically pick themselves. But Southgate, he's introducing players which I like as well Mm -hmm. and giving them an opportunity. So for English football, that is a great thing. Um, And for United players, um, yeah, we'll see kind of how they get on sort of with it as well. Uh, any kind of viewers' questions on that uh, or anything else we've been yeah. discussing, Pat? Purple Patrick said, yeah, <laughs> and kind of in agreeing with us. Spliff Politics said, uh, we're all patriotic, but make no mistake about it. Uh, <laughs> club club always trumps country. Uh, and I, I think that's a fair statement. I think just kind of when you, because you're watching the club so much over, you know, over a whole season and England, you only really get up for it when, when a major tournament comes around every couple of years. So... I think because you're so indebted into you, into your kind of and emotionally indebted into your club, I, I just I think it's very hard to show that same level for, for your for your country. Here's one for you because it just sprung up. I saw it in the week again on Talksport. They had a they had a Scouser phone in, mm. and uh, they were talking about it. Was, again, it's an England topic, and the Scouser said 
we're not English, we're Scouse. <laughs> so, yeah, did you see it? So, you know, the, the presenter was obviously saying, no, but obviously, look, do you class yourself as English? He goes, no, we're Scouse. And he was like, if England, uh, if, if Liverpool's big enough, would be our own country. <laughs> so that's the Scouse's views on it as well. Uh, one thing I get as well from international football, I, I, I see is when I see the flags and stuff up at the games, England games, is, mm. is a lot of kind of fan bases who maybe follow clubs from the lower levels. So it might be sort of from League One, yeah, Championship. Yeah who probably don't obviously see Premiership players week in, week yeah, out, but obviously they follow in good numbers and, mm. and show good support yeah, as well. support you can't knock at all. I mean, they follow them around the world. Um, they're always apparent. You can always see them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it is and always will be Manchester United for 100%, me. 100%. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with you there. Anything else on the uh, comments coming in? Cool. Um, yeah, I've got a few from the previous topic. So, uh, Parshu <clears throat> saying, uh, with this set of players, we cannot do it with any manager. We need creativity in the middle and midfield. Missed it for over a decade. We need technical players who can create and hold the ball and pass it around. And again, we don't... It, but again, that relates back to the whole Pogba situation for me of, is he trying too hard? Are we expecting him to do too much from playing him deeper? Because he's not, he's not a a ball winning player he's not a tackling aggressive midfield player he's a ball playing midfielder mm. so people say it breaks down because he's trying to do too much I think we need to see him playing that advanced number 10 role in the next few games you went through this on the video earlier this week yeah well. so if you haven't checked it out guys go and check it out the thumbnail on it is uh, like Ollie's midfield options go and check it out we gave loads of combinations in there um but it is right. We for me, it's the middle of the park where we're 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 kind of affecting a lot of our play because mm. defensively we're not doing fantastically well at winning the ball back. But creating wise, going forward, we're not doing a lot either, and that mm. seems to be a big concern for me. So hopefully, as we get towards January, we're going to need to bring somebody in. Mm. Uh, but maybe Fred's going to be given a run of games as we discussed Hope as he gets well. Some minutes this Saturday. Um, let's see on that. Any other comments um, worth bringing up? Yeah, on that so one? Anthony's oh. saying uh, more Deadwood in Man United left. Uh, we've got um, Lingard, Trashford, and Scott <laughs> McDonald. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, kind of negativity been coming in for Rashford over the last uh, week or so. Mm, got AS comment in here. Uh, we are doomed. Fold the fucking club. <laughs> <laughs> Fold it already. Um, but no, look. In all seriousness, guys, if you are tuning in on this, and, and you, even if you're watching this at a later date, jump into the comment section with this. Marcus Rashford. He's coming in for a lot of stick. Mm. Um, and I heard a couple of other kind of influencers online who are United um, kind of based also saying that. Rashford lacks any real football IQ, um, you know, and football intelligence. What are your thoughts on that? And Rashford as a player, is he is he more suited to playing out on the left as opposed to through the middle? Are we going to see him step up? I think I think in terms of the IQ, I think he's, he's still very young. He's still 21 years old, which people overlook a lot of the time. And then yeah. if you bring up the 21, they say, well, look at Mbappe. Not everyone's, not everybody's Mbappe, do you know what I mean? Um, I think... <coughs> His IQ is going to come like that. That's going to get built up over more years and experience. For, for me, the thing he's got to nail down, and I think Southgate and Oli need to nail down with him as well, is where he's going to play. What his position is? Yeah, if he's not down Agreed. the middle. Martial said, then he's going to have to adapt his game to the left and concentrate on that. Yeah. yeah. Or does he want to play in a two up front in it? You know, in a different formation. I think get your permit, uh, position nailed down. And then build the whole your whole game and IQ around that. The other thing is, does Oli maybe potentially go and just play a three five two? Knowing that on the right hand side, Amwan Bissaka could do that role. You've got Maguire, Lindelof, and say even Turnzavi playing as a middle three, mm. sure or young when fit, whoever it is out on the left. Do you go and play two up top like you just said? Because surely that would be frightening for defenders, knowing you've got the pace of Martial and Rashford both playing up top. Obviously, one of them is a number nine, one is a bit of a number ten. Mm. Could that be an option of of, of doing that? 
Possibly, but would you alter your whole formation and kind just of tactics to just meet to the, the company? See, Marcia, for for me, uh, it was Rashford. more for me, it wasn't just about Rashford or, or, or accompanying him. It was more that our attacking threat for me isn't there at the moment. We're mm. playing one up top. I think we need to go and play two up top or get that number ten closer to the number nine because it seems that when at home I haven't got an issue with it. I think we just need to work a lot more on picking the right players to break teams down because mm. the majority of teams are going to come and play as Palace did. They're going to sit back, be hard to break down and look to hit us on the counter-attack and they will get results out of it like Palace did um, in the game they beat us. I think away from home though, that's where I think we're going to struggle in terms mm. of creating chances. Um, but then again, is it risky of playing two up top when Oli pot potentially looked to play counter-attacking football away from home? Yeah, I think I think Oli's definitely going to kind of um, he's going to experiment, and I think we might see an experiment in one of the cup games this month. Just I, so he I can, think we're going to have yeah. to, aren't we? Because one thing that's been brought up is he's got the plan A, but he hasn't got the plan B. Yeah, and when it does come to what we're going <clears> to do, substitutions look a bit, you know, they're not very confident subs. Um, they're they're being, not ones you get excited. Yeah, about being, and think they're going to come in. They're being questioned again. as well, so. He's going to need a plan B and a plan C, I think. See, I, I suppose when we had, uh, say, Fellaini at the football club, the plan B was Fellaini, yeah. stick him up top. And, 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 and we saw him dig work. us, out, yeah, dig us out of holes on a few occasions. But So that wasn't even a tactical genius from somebody like Mourinho. It was a case of, right, he's a big lad. He wins a ball in the air, chuck him up top and sling mm. balls into the box. We haven't really got that now. So like you said, we do need a plan B. Whether that is working around Mason Greenwood coming on a bit earlier in games and changing the formation slightly to, to give more of an attacking threat. Mm. Um, I'm sure we will see what it will be through this month because we're going to have to see it being mm -hmm. changed as well. Um, any more comments, Pav, before I hand over for the uh, interactive section of today's show? Yeah, last couple of comments and we'll uh, we'll go on to the final piece. Uh, we've got Parshu saying that we failed with some elite goal scorers over the last six seasons. Falcao, Di Maria, Sanchez, Latan, <coughs> Lukaku. Uh, what's the common denominator? I think about it. Not every striker can be shit. I think. I mean, a lot of those strikers, a lot of those forwards, kind of like this Latin and Falco were kind of past it. Sanchez was. I think he's coming towards the end as yeah. well. Um, Di Maria, I think after the whole, whole house robbery thing just didn't work out. I think Sanchez's one was the most surprising. I think surprising, for United fans yeah. because of how good his form was at Arsenal, mm. and then for whatever reason it was behind the scenes his form dipped and his confidence dipped. But yeah. he was the most surprising one for me. Falcao, I was never too confident on. No. Some In the come a couple of the WhatsApp group chats I'm in with a few of the lads, they were absolutely raving about him, but I didn't get excited by him, mm. to be honest with you. I just didn't see him fitting in at the Premier League and, and, and unfortunately after his injury, it didn't. Mm. Okay. Uh, right, Peaky, you ready for a We're ready. End, of, end of podcast quiz? Let's do this. I'm ready. I need to get back on form. I think it's about... Um, I think I've, lo I've lost count, mate. Mate, there's clear daylight. Just put it that way. So um, I think next week we're going to introduce uh, where we're going to alternate a week to week and I'm going to try and catch up with producer Pav, who's on form. So cool. Pav, go for it, mate. So as we're playing Leicester this Saturday, and if you're watching, guys, play along, drop it in the comments. We'll see if you can uh, be the first commenter, or a correct commenter uh, to pop them in. Um, so, yeah, as we're playing Leicester on Saturday, a uh, little quiz, three questions on the year they won it in relation to United as well that year. So right. they won it in um, so they won it in 2015-16. So right. it's going to be about that year. Okay. So in that year, uh, where did Man United finish in the league? It's the year Leicester, Leicester won it. Leicester won it. Um, Maybe try and work down the yeah. table. Who was second? It was obviously City, wasn't it? <laughs> you sure, mate? <laughs> a bit early for me. Who 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 should have won the league that season? Oh, Liverpool. 
Mate, Mate am I somebody here? cut this card Mate. off. Cut this card Mate, off. Mate, I told you my football were... The year Leicester won it, yeah. who ran it? Who, there was one game that happened where someone beat Leicester and everyone thought, right, they're going to win it this season now. Mate, my mind's going blank. All I, re- all I remember about that season, or, or the running, should I say, is obviously Leicester went to, to City and beat City. Mm. They beat Liverpool at, at, uh, at home when Vardy scored Vardy that worldy of a goal. Um, and then they... Well, I have a guess, and where did we finish that in the league that season? We finished fourth. Fifth. Ha <laughs> <laughs> mate, fifth. Who, who was it that were the we running? Were, we were level with City points. Yeah. But we had inferior we goal had, difference. Okay, yeah, yeah. So remember Arsenal beat Leicester, I think yes. it was around Christmas time. Christmas time, and that was it. And then they went on that mad run after that. Yeah. So, so it's it was Arsenal, uh, it was Leicester, Arsenal, Spurs. I think it was Liverpool. And then? No, Leicester, no then it was City, us. And then yeah. us. So yeah, um, we finished fifth that season. <laughs> And that, I think that's when City started doing on, went on a mad went on the mad uh, yeah. Uh, question two: uh, In that season, did Leicester beat us in the league? In the in the two games we played them, they beat. Yes, they did. Well, both games were won. Either either they beat us. No, because it was at the season where it, the first game of this, it was when he scored Di Maria. Was that that season he come? No, before that, they didn't beat us that season. They didn't. No. Correct. Both one yeah. draws. One, I thought yeah, it was a draw. Yeah. But yeah. you're gonna. Uh, nah, <laughs> I had to think carefully about that. I just keep myself in the game. <laughs> All right, I've got the tiebreaker now. Uh, final question. So in that same season, who was United's top goal scorer? Oh, mate, why'd you do this to me? <sighs> top goal scorer, Van Persie. Are you for real, bro? Are you for real? <laughs> mate, I told you, mate, I'll get muddled up in the years, <laughs> mate. Yeah. We're going to get a mass unsubscribe <laughs> on this channel, man, due to football knowledge. Unofficial pundit jumping. <laughs> Give me a clue, man. Fuck it. He's a new sign in that season. RVP, oh, fucking hell, mate. Mate, I tell, mom, honestly. Sign that season, that was the best season he's had so far. I'm giving, I'm giving you the answer. <sighs> Is he still at the club now? Yeah. I'm, fr- I'm basically giving it, yeah, giving it, yeah. My mind's still absolutely Martial, blank, mate. Martial, seventeen goals in the league, yeah. Mate, I told, I told you in that period, there's only, I, I think it's an age thing. You'll get there slowly, path, right? <laughs> you start having blackouts and moments, mate. Fucking shocker, mate. But uh, yeah, I'm another, just trying to boost his confidence. Another guys. win for me, another loss for you. Right, mate. next week I'm definitely <laughs> taking over the interactive session, um, and we're going to jump it from uh, week to week because uh, I feel the pre- it is pressure, mate. That it seems like the room just shrinks, <laughs> so the pressure's on. And uh, but look, guys, that is uh, all we have got time for on episode 13 of the Pints and Pundits Pundits podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to join us on all of the socials. Go and check us out. Uh, give us a follow. We have loads of good uh, kind of quizzes, match day vlogs, and, and clips going up on the Instagram story as well on myself and Pav's handle. So make sure you check them out as well. Uh, don't forget also to check out the link in the description of this video for Duck and Covers new project range go and check it out some uh, really good uh, designs on their new lightweight jackets their terrace wear their hoodies t-shirts and all the rest of that jazz so go and check it out uh, you won't be disappointed um, don't forget for the rest of the week as we do build up uh, to the Leicester game this Saturday we've got loads of content coming out we've got the match preview coming out as well we're also off 
um, to uh, shoot a bit of a collaboration for you guys mm, as well today. So one. that's going to be coming out. Definitely worth checking out. So uh, make sure you hit the notifications bell so you can be notified every time a video goes up. In particular, the next video we've got for you. Uh, it should be good. We're looking forward to that one, aren't we, Pab? Yeah, so tomorrow, um, tomorrow evening, uh, it's going to be Peaky and a fellow YouTuber. You might have seen before, so uh, definitely stay tuned for that one. But a big uh, shout out to all of you guys for supporting the journey, following the journey. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. And we look forward to catching up with you guys uh, later on in the week.